All right, welcome everybody to episode three of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Dubrovsky. Joining me is your other host, Ryan Krieg. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, really excited to get into this episode, and we're going to kick it off by talking about our fantasy hockey game. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, by the way, episode three. All right, just like that. We're like veterans here. We've already done two in the can. We've got a third one coming right now. And I feel like before we know it, we're going to have a year of Hockey Card Podcasting under our belt. And uh, it's been a blast so far. Thanks to everyone who's been listening. And yeah, let's start, before we get into the content for this week's episode, to remind people that we've mentioned the last two shows how we're going to be starting a game that we want the listeners to play with us, where we're going to set a start date, and then we're all going to be buying and selling hockey cards and keeping track of it on a spreadsheet, and whoever could make their collection with a $100 budget go up the most from the start date to the end date, either by like just selling cards for money, or by just final value at the end, or a combination of the two. Uh, the winner is going to win a big, huge prize, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and we have a whole rules doc, which we'll link to in the show notes. And we also now have a sign-up form. So let us know if you're interested. And once you know we have our group of people who are interested, we'll start a group chat and we can hammer out all the final details. But yeah, if you go to nearminthockey.com slash play, that'll take you to the sign-up form. And of course, I'll link to that also in the show notes but i think that's going to be a really fun mechanism for us to learn a lot and we'll you know buy and sell talk about it on the podcast how people are doing and yeah i think it's going to be a revolutionary fun game so uh, come join us (laughs) i'm excited to see like what players people are hyped about see like what strategies people employ do you just pick you know let's say 10 guys at the beginning of the year and then hold them all year and see you know, where you're at at the end of the year, or are people going to be like every couple months kind of adjusting as things happen? Do people go for like the, the older guys, like let's say even a Joe Thornton, or do you go for the younger guys? Yeah. There's so, yeah, a lot of ways. There's going to be so much uh, like goalies versus defense versus forwards. Um, yeah. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I guess it's going to be like fantasy hockey where you're building a team, except you get to sell whenever you want and you get to buy whenever you want. You don't have to actually negotiate with people. All you have to do is get the card on eBay, which is what we're going to be talking about on this week's show. The, the topic of this show is going to be our tips of what we've learned so far about how to make the most of your purchases on eBay and to get the cards you want, I guess, for the price you're, you're willing to pay. And this is not a sponsored episode by eBay, but I've found ever since I've gotten into this, which is like only a month now, I've definitely been spending a lot of time on eBay, just browsing and watching cards and bidding. And I feel like I've already learned a few lessons. I know you, oh, yeah. you've got a ton, Ryan. So I'm really excited to just dig in and just output everything we know about how to do well on eBay. Yeah, yeah. And I am focused mostly on eBay right now. We should mention off the start that there's obviously other ways to get cards, but I think this is a good place to really learn well. Um, And there's a lot of kind of gotchas, a lot of intricacies with eBay that you kind of do have to learn as you go. Um, So hopefully this will kind of jumpstart your career, so to speak, uh, with a few tricks that you can start with before you kind of have to learn all these things on your own. Yeah, I, to be honest, I feel like I've already gotten pretty decent at it. And now I wish we started our game earlier. I feel like I got a few good buys over the weekend. I got a Panarin and a Makar Young Guns from the same oh. seller. So I got that sweet, sweet combined shipping for like 110 bucks total for those two cards. We'll see how that works out. I also got, I also feel like when you were talking about like investing in like a lot of players or a few, like, I don't know, I feel like I kind of just want to go all Kevin Fiala for our game i feel like that would be the win you get i got a i've got another fiala young guns i've got two of them now it's one i got for four dollars 
Or, or maybe it was six well, then, I don't know. It was very little. Then you can't go all Fiala because one of the rules is you can only have one copy of each player. Oh, right. Okay, I got to reread the rules before we start. Yeah. But okay, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk it through with everyone who plays. But yeah, anyways, enough about my boring purchases or acquisitions because I believe you have a story of a recent card that's come into your collection. That was pretty exciting. I do, I do. Um, so I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan. Let's start with that. So there's added interest here, but I was opening up 2015-16 Series 1 Upper Deck Tins, um, which I got a few of, and I'm actually going to do a case opening for anyone that's interested in getting uh, a spot and also the chance at the big prize in that box, which is Connor McDavid. Uh, It has a lot of other great uh, hits in that box. You can get Rantanen and Panarin and I think Connor Hellebuck is in there like it's it's loaded there's lots of hits but anyways um I was opening up this box and I'm actually going to make a little video about it but uh long story short I hit my McDavid he came out of there McDavid young guns I was my my reaction was hilarious I just like was just frozen (laughs) were you alone in the house or was there someone else there no, it was just me. And I was just looking at it going like <laughs> I can't even I can't even imagine the feeling. What I don't know if I ever will cuz I'm not sure yet if I ever want to get into buying packs. I think like, as we're going to yeah. discuss this eBay podcast, I'm into like kind of just buying the cards that I want. Uh, but obviously a feeling like that sounds like hard to replicate just like pulling the best card probably out there, I guess, aside from like super rare one out of one inserts or whatever, but like, well, you can't do much better than pulling a McDavid Young Guns that's selling. If you send that to PSA, you get that graded a 10 out of 10, you're already looking at 1500 easy. Yeah. So, I mean, I was stoked. I'm probably going to keep this as a memory because I like, I don't think that I'll ever pull a more, um, I, there's a chance I get a more valuable card, but I don't think I'll ever get one that's more like special to me, let's say. Um, and the quick story on the grading is I'm going to send it in for grading, but it does have a couple imperfections. So the grading might be more so to learn what a card that looks like this comes back as. And also because I I really want it in that graded case now that I pulled it, Mm -hmm. but it's not perfect. So that's the, the disclaimer on how awesome this pull was. So now we just have to hope that whoever is grading it is going to like be right before lunch, like just not fully paying attention. They'll be like, this looks fine, whatever. 10 out of or 10 the, stamp. Or they're just like, they just see McDavid's face and they're like, oh, 10. <laughs> right. <laughs> or they'll be like, another one? Oh, all I do is grade McDavid's nowadays. But we're actually going to yeah. talk about grading. Uh, I believe that when you send that in, that's going to be along with a bunch of our cards and also yeah. our listener Matthew's uh, Eric Carlson Young Guns card that he's mailing to me as we speak. And uh, so we'll do an episode, I guess, just talking about us preparing our shipment for grading. And then like five months later, maybe we'll do an episode of like getting the box back and seeing uh, how we did. And yeah, I'm sure, like you said, we'll learn a lot about just like how the card and how it looks translates to an actual grade. I'll be interested. I wonder if we'll just be pissed off. Like, I'm curious if we're going to be more like excited about getting grades higher than we expected or if we're going to be annoyed at all the eights and nines when I was like, I thought my cards looked pretty nice. But uh, that's going to be the lesson there. Yeah, I'm excited to do that one, uh, that show. I'm really excited to just, like, send them in and see what grades we get back. Yeah. Um, 
But enough about that. We'll talk so much about that on that podcast. Um, Let's get to eBay. Let's get to eBay. Ooh, actually, uh, I'll actually, tell you one more thing. One more thing before we start. And then it sounds like you also have a one more thing. I have one more thing. Two more things. Two more things. Okay. Speaking of grading, I bought my first graded card. I just wanted to uh, let, let you know. Uh, I bought a 10 out of 10 PSA Timo Meyer Young Guns, and it was 26 US. So whatever that works out to 35, and then I'm going to have to pay for a bit of shipping. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as we're going to talk about eBay strategies, I'm going to try to get another cards from the same seller to reduce the, I guess, per unit shipping cost. But I'm pretty excited because I feel like you know, a 10 out of 10 is always valuable if the player is good. And Meyer is a guy who right now probably could at, be added to the list with like a Fiala or a, I don't know, Ehlers, like that we've discussed, like a player that I feel like could be potentially on the verge of having a big season if everything goes right. So, you know, low, low risk, high reward, potentially. I, I, I mean, I would put Meyer third of those three players I just listed, but still, I mean, he potentially has 40 goal potential, right? Yeah, I actually really like that Meyer idea. And I don't know if it'll be this year where that pans out because the Sharks are in a bit of a weird place, but he's got a long career ahead of him. I, I think at some point that value will spike, whether it's with the Sharks or not. Who even knows, right? But Meyer's sure. still, how old is he? 24? Oh, that's 25? a good question. Um, he's, he's got some time. Um, and yeah, that's so exciting. And I think like for a graded 10 card for a young player that still has upside, 40 bucks is like sweet yeah. deal. So he's 23 right now. 23. Only, only three full seasons under his belt. Feels like he's been around a while. And it's only two years ago in 2018-19. Timo Meyer put up 66 points in 78 games, including 30 goals. That was huge. Then just last year, things fell apart. But like all the Sharks sucked last year like i don't know if we're gonna just say okay all the sharks are bad now i think it's just also meyer like had some weird power play deployments we'll have to see what happens next year if he could ever get back on the top or i don't think he really ever did get on the top power play i think we thought that he would get there when joe pavelski left free agency but then it turned out that evander kane sort of jumped ahead of him and took the right. spot that a lot of people thought meyer was gonna get but you know what kevin lebank at this point i think is unsigned and he's anyways this is getting maybe a little into sharks talk but uh i'm excited to see so obviously i'll be bringing him up and being excited about him on future shows if he does well because i have my 10 out of 10 i love the idea of like a graded card just because it's like locked in it's like i got my 10 yeah. out of 10 it's, it's i got it forever i don't have to worry about keeping it in good shape it's, it's yeah set. i mean you I do lo- i like them from like an investment perspective too because you know exactly what you're getting um and actually this we'll get into this a little bit more but you know what quality of card that is. You don't have to like look at the pictures and find out. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just like it's a yeah. 10. I'm sold. Okay, what's your one more thing before we My get to one more thing is the NHL draft is tomorrow. And oh. I'm just stoked for that. Um, obviously, none of these guys have like Young Guns cards out yet because they're not drafted. But uh, I think the implications for the year coming are really exciting. And uh, I've actually got a couple... Lafreniere cards from the CHL. Mm. Um, so there's one that's called a Golden Futures, and then there's this. Uh, what is this? Exclusives. That's a numbered card, so it's number eleven out of two hundred and fifty. And these are just really cool cards, and you know, there's there's not that many Lafreniere cards even available right now because he's not in the NHL yet, and the NHL doesn't have the rights to give away to Upper Deck. Uh, the CHL does. Um, and he's got his autographed CHL card out there, which would be really cool to have. Um, and it's going for a, a hefty price right now because it's the 
kind of the best Lafreniere card you can get right now. Um, I think it'll be interesting with that card specifically to see does that card go up or does it go down as Lafreniere Young Guns cards start getting made? Yeah, there'll definitely be something to follow, right? Because to me, like, what jumps to my mind is, like, now is a good time to sell that card because probably people are super excited to just get a Lafreniere card. And maybe not now to sell, but maybe, like, after the draft, you know, as the season's approaching, everyone's getting hyped. Like, Rangers, like, quotes by Artemi Panarin being like, this is this guy's looking like the best teammate I've ever had. And, you know, like, whatever, like, all these good news bites, then maybe that's a good time to sell. But I would be worried that once the actual Young Guns and other upper deck cards come out, jerseys and whatever, people are going to be like, I don't want these CHL cards. I want the ones with him in the Rangers jersey. And maybe at that point, the value goes down. Though, of course, if he, like, does as well as everyone's expecting, then maybe that <laughs> helps buoy it as right. well. But, like, yeah, it's it's tricky, but... Uh, clearly that card has value right now like i'm seeing it sold recently on ebay 104 if it was a 9.5 on beckett or like 40 bucks not so that's cool but yeah i think for me i'm still sticking with just young guns for cards that i'm interested in just because like i don't know i don't know if my brain is capable yet of like thinking about all the multiple dimensions of different types of cards i feel like it's really handy to just think of it like i'm playing fantasy hockey there's one card for each player that i care about and i can be like this guy's gone up or this guy's gone down and not like all the different types yeah. Even with uh, Young Guns, I've been seeing these like exclusives versions yeah. of the Young Guns, which sell for more, which look like the exact same card, except it says the word exclusive on it. Yeah, and... there's exclusives, there's high gloss. Um, you can even get, uh, there's a McDavid Young Guns, the same card, but with his autograph on it. Yeah, well, obviously, that's that's a whole other story. Yeah, the autographs. We'll definitely have to do a show about autographs also. But yeah. this is really funny. Uh, Matthew just sent us a picture of a card from 2013 of Lafreniere where he's like like a little kid. This looks like a, not even a teenager. How does, how does this card even exist? Lafreniere International Quebec Hockey Pee Wee Tournament card selling for $99. I kind of want to buy it. incredible. I also just feel like I don't want to buy pictures of like little kids i don't know something weird about it like i think that there should be a cutoff but yeah i mean there's only gonna be a few kids out there that have cards that early because it's like mcdavid and lafreniere and like maybe a couple other guys that are like phenoms from the day they were born yeah and people have been talking about them since they played like timbits hockey yeah, it's pretty wild. I remember uh, what we once had uh, Daniel Negreanu come on our Keeping Carlson podcast yeah. as a poker player, and he was talking about how he's in some dynasty league where he's like scouting players in these like you know fourteen, fifteen year old leagues because they're like so, so super deep, and he's got like scouting reports on different players. And to me, it's just like I don't know how you even could get get this information in order to do this scouting. But right. obviously, uh, for some of these players, we've known about them for a long time. But okay. Yeah. I guess we'll obviously talk about Lafreniere. I'm still very excited for the actual season to start and for us to really be looking at really dynamic things happening. But for now, we're still building the basics. And like you said, the big basic thing that at least I've been doing so far to get cards is to buy them on eBay. I've basically been using eBay and Kijiji. So I don't know if we want to do another episode about Kijiji, but that's a whole separate. That's just like you got to message people and I guess try to negotiate or something with eBay. You, I mean, I assume by now everyone probably knows how eBay works, right? But just for the just for the quick summary, you know, the card, the most basic thing is just an auction and you've got some starting price and then people can bid and there's like a time limit. And when the time is out, like that's it. Whoever has the highest bid at the time that the time runs out, that's who gets the card. There's no like the time doesn't increase if you make a bid. It's not like, oh, okay, 10, 9. Oh, got another one. Okay, 10, 9. So it's not like an auction like that. 
the time runs out, you're done eBay has this feature where you could put in what your max bid will be. So like if you have a car that you that's at like 99 cents and so they have a default of like what the increment is for each bid. So let's say if it's 99 cents, I think it'll be 50 cents for each incremental bid. So if I put in 10 bucks, I'm like, I'm willing to spend $10 on this card. eBay will actually only bid $1.50 for me. And then it'll, as people like outbid me, it'll just automatically rebid for me up until me getting up to $10. And at that point, someone can beat it. And we'll talk about the strategy around that. Cause I think that's the goal of this episode is kind of like, figure out how can I get the card I want? Should I just put my max bid at the start or should I wait? Uh, but that's the basic gist of how eBay works. There's also all this other stuff like the the sellers can put it as a buy it now or they just give a price or like just buy it right now for this if you want. There's also another thing where you can make an offer. Uh, so I guess we can get into those a little bit, but definitely the main thing I'm interested in discussing are like the auctions and just like what should I do to win these auctions and get a good deal? Yeah, I think, I guess the reason behind you saying that is often you can get a better price by participating in an auction I'll maybe go to the buy it now offer version quickly um, for kind of out there cards, like not young guns, more, you know, cards that aren't popular, let's say they'll often be at buy it now for lower prices. And then you can kind of just go get it. Um, But for the ones that are buy it now and have the ability to send an offer, you can still sometimes get a good deal. And I guess my tip here would be like send offers and send offers for a lower price than you think is even reasonable. Like if it's 50% of the price listed, try it. Um, Sometimes people have crazy prices listed and they're just hoping to sell it at that price, but they'll actually accept an offer much lower or they'll come back with an offer kind of in the middle And as long as you know your prices, you might end up getting the price that you want or a price that you deem fair or better than fair. Yeah, that's a good point. I have had it happen where I've made an offer for too low and they have come back with like a 10% off of what their original price was, which which I haven't accepted. Actually, you know what? I did accept one offer a few weeks ago. Now that I remember, it was a Brady Kachuk. I think in the end I paid like $20 Canadian for it. And But that one actually I didn't even make an offer. This was an interesting thing. I just like clicked to watch it and then the person just sent me an offer, which made me think maybe sometimes it's useful even to just watch as, again, a functionality on eBay. You could just mark a card as yeah. well. It's kind of like in fantasy when you add a player to your watch list, right? And then you could go and take a look at all the auctions you're watching. And obviously, they're separated into ones that are still going and ones that are, are over. Uh, but yeah, I just clicked watch just because I wanted it to be available to me to browse later. And then, yeah, I just got a message from like, hey, do you want the card for this much? I think it was like listed for like $40 or 30 And then I watched it. The next thing I knew, I got this offer and I... I took it, and now I'm hoping that the Sens get Quinton Byfield somehow at third so that he can center Brady Kachuk, and that could be a really nice top line. Yeah, so actually watching cards is one of my best tips. Uh, It does a few things for you. One, you kind of collect what you want, and you can even sub-collect. You can put the watched cards into folders. That's kind of like an expert move. Um, But the two main things that watching a card does is... As you said, now you can get offers from sellers because they only have the ability to put out offers if someone's watching it. So if you watch something, you might get an offer for a lower price just by watching it. And the other thing is your watch list becomes kind of your like to buy list uh, because you can on the app and online, you can go to the things you're watching, sort them by when they're going to end and see, okay, this is when this card's auction is ending. Um, 
So you kind of understand when you need to be available to bid if you want to be there. Uh, and the other amazing thing, and I guess even before this is like download the app for your phone because it's amazing. But if you're watching something, your phone or even email, if you choose that direction, will notify you, I think at the 24 hour mark and the one hour mark of the auction ending. So you'll know, oh, the, the things that I'm watching are about to end. So you'll be kind of prepared for that end game of the auction, which is a pretty important moment. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've got like seven pages right now of my watch list of just like, I've just brought it up now. Uh, there's uh, Andres Svechnikov. Sometimes I'm also watching cars that I don't plan on buying just to like see, because I'm curious to see what the prices yeah. are going to be. So like there's a Svechnikov PSA 10 with a minute and a half to go. How about before I tell you, what? how much would you pay for a Svechnikov Young Guns PSA 10? Well, I mean, I have a Svechnikov ungraded that I'm going to get graded PSA 10, so zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I actually don't know what that would go for. I would guess the value is 150 Yeah, so uh, you're in luck if you get a your uh, 10 grading on your Sveshnikov card because it's already at 177 Ah. Actually, you know what? The app is better than the site because now I'm here and it's sold. It wasn't counting down. How do I see now which one's... Okay, I'm going to find out for you next time you're talking how much it ended up selling for because that's another thing you notice in these auctions is like there's usually a lot of activity right at the end. So if it was at 177 with a minute and a half left, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up selling for 200 unless it happened to already be you know, like at a level that was too high for everyone. But usually when there's like a lot of bidders, that means that there's still people who are interested in it. And Right. uh, Yeah, okay, I'll check now while you talk. Yeah, the app is honestly essential if you want to be on top of auctions ending. It is vastly better. The website has some good things for, you know, doing advanced searches. And sometimes it can be faster to to work on ebay.com on your computer. But the app is, it's a really, really, really nice app. Yeah, Um, it works really well. And I like it updates. You could be on the auction. By the way, can you see it was 210. 210 price okay so. so i i was off by a bit i feel like i was looking at those uh mid playoffs and they've probably gone up since then yeah everything seems to be going up like uh this is a good time either it's a good or bad time to get into it i don't know we'll have to see if like are things at a peak right now or are these prices just going up and up and next season it'll explode because i feel like this whole hockey card genre i mean that's why i'm back in i'm just a follower right i don't like I'm not a trendsetter, so it's like clearly this is a hot thing. Now I've gotten in on it, and am I too late? Because this is everyone's gone in now. Is going to be a bubble that burst? But I don't know. I don't think so. I think like the season's going to start, and people are going to get really excited, and uh, we're going to see a lot of fluctuations, which will be fun. But yeah, the Svechnikov goes for two ten, and what's nice with the app also is uh, when you're on an auction, uh, like as it like as there's a new bid, it like vibrates. If I'm watching it with like a minute left, then like. Every time like a new bid comes in, it like vibrates and I see the price change and I'm like, you know, so I could keep because uh, we'll get to it right. Maybe right now, even I think that one of the best strategies is to snipe and you're trying to like get your bid in right at the very end with like two seconds left. So it's nice to be able to watch it from like I'm watching the countdown from like 60 seconds and I see it going up and I'm ready. So, you know, then I also know if like it's not worth it because it's already gone higher than I was planning on on sniping. But uh, should I get into uh, I've done some research yeah, I, I'm ready I mean, to. <laughs> yeah, I just want to first say that sniping as a concept works so much better when you're talking hockey cards than other 
cards of sports. Really? Because, yeah, because sniping is a hockey term. Okay, yeah, there like, you go. Like, that's great. Like, how amazing is that? Yeah, I mean, so you get... Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're not able to play hockey, you could basically be playing hockey by bidding on auctions last minute and sniping cards. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Same deal. Yeah, so obviously when I first got into this and was trying to get all the cards I wanted, the most obvious thing to me was just, okay, there's a Carlson Young Guns. But what I looked at, um, which we'll get actually one good strategy, by the way, when buying, I don't know, I guess you want to look at the, what the co- card is sold for, right? That's kind of the nice thing about this hobby. And especially for buying these common Young Guns cards, where even though they feel rare and special to us, there's like thousands of them. And the exact same card has sold probably like five times in the past day sometimes. So you, obviously you want to like come up with your idea of how much you're going to bid. But anyways, once you've come up with how much you're going to bid, either by just deciding I love this player, I'm willing to spend anything, or like looking at what it's sold for recently and trying to get a decent deal. Uh, then, anyways, what I would do is I would just put it in. I'd put it in my bid. You know, I'm willing, it's at $10. I'm willing to spend 40 so I'll just like pop in 40 That's my max bid. Then now I have the high bid. Maybe it brings it up to like 13 And then throughout the next couple of days, I keep seeing it go higher and higher. Eventually, I get outbid. And then I have that moment of, hmm... Would I be willing to go 45? I don't know. And then you keep going. So like that's like the the basic way that I was doing it. But I've right. really come to realize that that's a sucker's game. And I think yeah. for a few reasons. Yeah. So if you're bidding early, that's kind of a bad thing because you're telling other people that you're interested and the price can kind of get driven up in like the three days from when you bid to when you actually end the auction. But it's even worse to be max bidding early because now you're setting yourself up to get bidded up and if two people max bid early all of a sudden ebay is having a bidding war against itself yeah exactly and then before you know it you've been outbid and i think that the way human psychology works is the more time you give someone like the more time they'll convince themselves that they're willing to spend more on the card you know so it's like you know, I put my max bid at 40. Let's say someone gets to uh, 39. Let's say someone else, let's say you thought your the bid that you were most willing to pay was $38. You put in 38. eBay all of a sudden outbid you with 39. I'm back in the lead. You might think to yourself, you know what? If I was willing to pay 39, you sleep on it. You know, and then you're like, yeah, if I was willing to pay 39, you see it in your list. eBay's messaging you, by the way, being like, don't let it get away. Only an hour left. Your high bid was 39. Maybe you can get it. And then it's like, well, if I was willing to pay 39, why won't, why won't I pay 41? And next thing you know, the person bids 41. And then now you have, you're in the same situation. Right. And it's like, maybe if you had, just, if that person had the high bid at like $35 with like a minute left, and then you just come in and snipe it at the 40 that you were willing to pay. Maybe like that person doesn't have time, especially if you do it with one second left, that yeah. person doesn't have time to like reconsider what their max bid was. And so there's actually a term that I found from reading up on this called nibbling. And there's people who are like nibbling and there's nibblers who are like doing like will $1 at a time bids. And it's like, you want to let other people do the nibbling, bring up the price, whatever they're willing to do. But why would you keep making the price go higher and higher? Just like come up with what you're going to pay. And then at the very end, try to get it at that price. And I, you know, you don't want to be part of like the price having gone up all the way through the auction. 
don't be a nibbler is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not getting anything out of it. I guess the, the real thing you need to do is you need to be a nibbler, but like hypothetically. You got to be a hypothetical nibbler, okay? Okay. So what that means is you need to think to yourself, okay, I'm willing to pay $40 for this Eric Carlson Young Guns. Then like think to yourself, what would I do if someone bid like $40.50? Would mm. I be willing to go to 41 like and like, would you really like work that out in your head yeah. and come up with like what's the actual? Because we all sort of like come up with like you know, especially I see it's been selling for like forty five, and I see it's currently at like twenty. I'm like, okay, I'll pay forty, and yeah. then it's like if I had more time to think about it, once it was at forty and I had been beaten, it's like maybe I would have gone to forty one, maybe I would have gone to forty two. So you got to sort right. of really have that price in your head of like what's like the actual max I'm willing to pay. And I'm not saying to convince yourself to spend more than you want to, but just know yourself and really like i think take the time to do your hypothetical nibbling and yeah. decide if yeah like how high would you actually go if it was a dollar more would you pay it yeah and that actually ties really nicely into something we talked about last week which is like going into auctions or getting cards with purpose and that purpose includes like what you're willing to spend on it and what you're going to do after because yes. that's important too right it what you're going to do after might impact that $5 difference that you might end up spending. If you're going to hold it for three years and you expect it to go up by a lot, maybe you're more willing to budge a few dollars. Yeah. It's like, is your goal to just get a deal and like you see a car, you know, like just recently I saw, I'm actually mad at myself. I didn't do this right. I didn't do a good hypothetical nibbling. I saw a Toffoli Young Guns that was like at like two bucks and I thought, I put on my watch list. It got to like a minute left. Then I took out my phone. I was ready. I was thinking, I'll do like four, I <laughs> guess. And then it ended up going for like four seventy five. Like I put in my $4 bid with like th- two seconds left. But then it got, like got outbid right away because probably someone already had the, uh, their max bid set at like four seventy five. Yeah. Or like, well, I don't know how much it was, right? But whatever they had their max bid set at, it was higher. And so then it ended up going for, which is fine. Like that'll happen. I'm not saying that this is the way right. to win every auction. Like if someone puts in a higher amount than you, there's nothing you can do. But like... Yeah. After it went for four seventy five, I was like, I would have paid like five fifty, six dollars for this card, especially because right. Tyler Toffoli, I'm ba- the reason why I'm interested in him is because I want the Canucks to resign him. I want him to play with Elias Pettersson. I want them to go back to the playoffs. I want him to be healthy this time and be a big part of like a playoff run. And in the meantime, I'm going to send it to PSA, get a ten back, and then like sell this for like a hundred bucks. So what's the difference if I spent four dollars or five dollars? Right, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Um, and I think Toffoli, it's looking like he'll sign back there, but who knows? Um, yeah. But actually, while we're on the topic of people bidding each other up, there's one quick thing that I think people should know about being safe on eBay. And it's that there is a little bit of a problem on eBay with something called shill bidding. And this is basically someone bidding against themselves or having a bit, a friend bid on their auction. And they're trying to take advantage of either knowing that you're gonna spend a little bit more or really take advantage of that max bid thing on eBay. And basically what they'll do is they'll drive their own price up. And this is something that's happened in auctioning, like, you know, with the paddles since the beginning of time where people will have someone bid their item up so that they make more money. Um, so it's important to know that this is a possibility yeah. and that to me sounds like another argument not to bid early. It's like, it, exactly. 
you're immune to that if you snipe at the end. Yeah. Drop in with the amount you're willing to pay right at the end. Mm-hmm. Then if it's not high enough, then fine. If it is, you'll get it. And right. you're not like helping drive up the price all the way throughout. Yeah. Because- and, I, and I think kind of another thing here is like if you're bidding on five to ten dollar cards, you have to be less worried. As soon as you get into more expensive cards, people will be more uh, likely to be trying to run scams or um, you're also going to be in higher competition with people on more valuable or more popular cards. Um, So when you get into buying higher dollar value cards, all of these things become like way more important. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I think it's really a lot of like this like mind game of like, come up with what you're willing to spend and like come up with the hypotheticals again of like, what if I get outbid? Am I willing to bid again? And just like lock in a price. That's your actual, like what I'm willing to, especially like you're saying for a more expensive card. If like you're thinking you're willing to spend $1,500, don't then let yourself spend $1,600 because you got excited in the moment. Like you have to be willing to obviously let it go. I should say there are some cons to like, I'm not saying this is like a perfect win a hundred percent of the time doing this, like sniping, there's like there are reasons to not snipe, which would be as follows. Let's say there's there's a McDavid or I guess my example has been Carlson, right? Like you have your Carlson card that's at twenty. I'm willing to spend forty. There's like a couple hours left. What if I plan on sniping at, with like five seconds to go, and then like my internet goes out, yeah. and then it turns out damn, like and then it sells for like twenty two. Like if I would have bid for, like forty, I would have gotten it for like twenty five. You know, so it's like that's a risk you take. Uh, also, I guess like that's, or you get busy. Like sometimes I actually had this happen to me over the weekend. I went to a cottage actually with with my wife and I had a few cards like, you know, that I had on my watch list that I was like, I even set a timer for myself. But if like, if I'm hanging out playing, uh, whatever for sale or whatever, it's kind of rude to just like be like, ah, hold that thought. I got my own sale to work on. Yeah. And then, Yeah. yeah. So you have to. Make like yeah, so th- there is a risk. So there might it might be worth it to like bid with like five minutes left or something just to make sure you get the price you want. And hey, even that it's not as good as sniping because you still give people time to change their mind. But they don't have like all night. Like they don't have as much time to reconsider. So you, it's still. I think it's worth it to do it as late as possible. But yeah. you are taking a little bit of a risk by waiting to like five seconds. But it is really exciting. Just wait for those last five seconds and put in your bid and then see if, if you won or lost. And you'll probably still lose a lot of the time if you think you're getting a good deal because probably lots of other people are all... Probably we're all going to be bidding against each other now, all the listeners of the podcast, that we yeah. all want the same deals. Yeah, I mean, it's important to realize that there's a lot of people after these cards if you're bidding on things that are popular in the moment. Um, but I'll give you kind of two options for that scenario where you know, you have a life. Um, the first one is there's things called sniping services. And my disclaimer here is that technically eBay does not allow these, but they're very popular and they will basically bid at the last minute for you. And you tell them your max bid and you can end up getting cards that way. It also fixes the issue. If you're buying, let's say five things from the same seller or from different sellers that end within seconds of each other, you can't physically be there yourself bidding on four things at once. So a service could do that for you. So that is an option. I haven't done that yet, but um, that's something that could kind of alleviate that stress or whatever it is of being there. And the other thing I think, which is maybe more important is you have to be okay missing out on auctions and there's going to be more cards 
of that exact, like the exact same card that you can get later. Um, like every single singular auction is not going to make or break you unless it's like a one of one McDavid that like you have to have in which case like be there. But generally for these young guns, there's lots of them. So you're going to have another chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's like, especially now it's off season. It's not as if a uh, player's value is going to change so much in the next day. It's not going to be like a Demco situation where, you know, there were probably some savvy people that when they saw that Markstrom was injured, they like went and like got themselves a couple of Demco young guns, knowing that he was going to play and there was a decent chance to do well. And, uh, his card yeah. skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew he was going to do as well as he did. Yeah. And now it's come down a little bit. Now it's interesting actually to decide like, do you buy in on Demco now before we find out if Markstrom signs as a UFA or not? Or do you, right. if Markstrom signs as a UFA, will that bring Demco down? Or not? I don't know. It's like, this is all stuff that I'm very excited to like learn and see once more things actually happen. Like, not, it's been a kind of exciting day. Devin Dubnik got traded to the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I did mean, another guy, Ryan Donato. But these aren't exactly yeah. the types of guys I'm currently, maybe Donato's an interesting guy to look at for like a 99 cent. Yeah, it could be a $1, a $1 yeah. buy. That's the kind of thing where it's like, if I've already bought a card from a seller, then I might look through his buy it nows and see if I'll just like throw in another $1 card that I won't have to pay extra shipping for. Yeah. But I'm actually really excited to talking to talk about FA next year, next week. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because with free agency next week, a lot of things are going to change and that could affect card values. Um, But I think what you were talking about there, you should expand on a little bit, which is when you buy a card from a seller, that seller has more things to buy. Right, yeah. So that's what I was going to bring up. So I guess to finish off the previous point, you were saying the card will still be there for another auction. So don't like convince yourself to spend more. And yeah, unless like there's some reason why you think you have to buy it today because like you think the value is going to change tomorrow. Maybe the day before UFA, some things will right. change, but generally, yeah, there's lots of these young, especially if you're getting young guns, there's lots of them. Yeah. I think I've we said it before, but just to, to nail it home, anytime I buy a card from a seller, I always go to like sellers, other items. I do a search for their young guns because that's all I'm interested in. Then I sort by ending soonest. And then I like to just see, is there any other things that I want to buy? And then I'm all, then I also like don't have to think about the shipping costs. So like all of a sudden the price per card becomes cheaper because normally I'm including shipping when I'm considering like the max I'm willing to pay. But I guess you have to check also the item description. The seller usually will say if they have lots of cards listed, like I'm willing to combine shipping up to five cards. But even if it's like you do more, it's like, or I'll add a dollar more, you know, like it's always like a lot less for the incremental cost once they're sending, which makes sense. Obviously they just have to send you one letter in the mail. Uh, So yeah, that's definitely something that I always like to do to see if there's any other good deals I can get for free shipping. Yeah. And that kind of brings up a point where if you find a seller that you like that has a lot of cards or that's, constantly posting things you can save a seller i think it's called which is a bit of a weird term but uh if you save them then you can go quickly find them again and look at what they have and that kind of leads me to another thing that i love doing which is creating searches and saving those so if there's a card that i'm really after like let's say in this situation i was after a dry cycle and i didn't end up winning that but I've got a search for dry sidle young guns and I save that. Now when there's new dry sidle young guns posted for sale, eBay is going to let me know if I go into the app and go to the search uh, page, 
and go over to my save searches, there's actually a little blue circle next to that save search that'll tell me there's new items in that oh, search. Oh, so cool. It's amazing. So you can see, you know, the and, and when you click it, it's only going to show you the stuff that's new since you last looked at it. Oh, beauty. It's oh, great. that's such a good tip. I didn't know that. I You also taught me another new ch- tip recently. I saw you wrote it on our Discord channel, yeah. uh, which, by the way, Keeping Carlson is another podcast that I do about fantasy hockey, and we have a Discord channel. Uh, so, I don't know. Message us if you want to get in on that. We're having a lot of fun talking hockey cards in the Discord channel. Uh, keepingcarlson.com slash patron. But anyway, okay, so uh, what I was going to say is you gave a really good tip in there, which was you could use negative signs like on a Google search yeah. to not include uh, certain search terms. And that actually works very well because Young Guns, for some annoying reason, there's both Young Guns and there's Young Guns Canvas sometimes for a player, which is, I guess, like a rookie card. It's like the less valuable version. And like yep. I said, right now, I'm linear. I just want Young Guns one dimension. So I, I think it's really handy. If I want to search for Eric Carlson Young Guns, I'll do like dash Canvas, and then it yep. won't include any inclusions of Canvas. And then, you know, you just have a more targeted search. Yeah, especially for Young Guns, it's extremely important to learn. But... It applies to anything you don't want to find in your search. If you're not looking for graded cards, you can do minus PSA, minus BGS, and it won't show you all the graded cards. If you're the Young Gun search that I have saved uh, is minus canvas, minus jumbo, minus oversized, because there's these jumbo versions of Young Gun cards too, and I don't want that. And, you know, it's really hard to write in minus all these things every single time. So the other great thing about safe searches is you write it once, you save it, and then you don't have to write it ever again. So, Ryan, would you be willing to just send me all your awesome safe searches while included <laughs> in the show notes for the episodes? Everyone could take them. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I'll put it in the YouTube comment. We can put it in the show description. Um, some of my favorite searches. Uh, I have a couple for BGS 9.5s and PSA 10s. And then what I do is I'll click on the BGS 9.5 or the PSA 10 Young Guns search, which is like this long thing that makes sure I'm really narrowing in on those graded cards. Uh, And then I'll do two sorts or two filters. And the first sort is ending soonest. So you can see what's going to end now, basically. And then I'm the kind of guy that I do kind of like to see what the buy it now stuff is going on. So you can filter by buy it now. And then I'll look at newly listed to see if maybe someone listed a card at a price that is just absurd and you like just have to buy it now because it's way below market value, which does happen. Um, or I'll go to buy it now and go to to sort it by the lowest price. So that's more more applicable if you're looking at a certain player and you can see like what's the lowest that this player can be bought for now. These are such all... great tips. I feel like I wish I was writing this down. <laughs> like, okay, so I definitely <laughs> you can <need> watch. <laughs> uh, but I have two more on this line of thinking. There's one toggle where you can say uh, that that the seller basically allows for offers. So that's important if you, you're like wanting to make offers. Um, and I've forgotten the other tip. So yeah. Because uh, I interrupted you in the middle there just to compliment you on these lists. Well, okay, yeah. Well, so... I, I appreciate the compliment. Um, <laughs> We're going to find a way to share these, at least with me, and then, so that I could set all... I want to have all these searches set up on my eBay as well, because I want to look at yeah. all the PSA, non-PSA, Young Guns, right. not Canvas, not Jumbo, sorted by Buy It Nows that are the cheapest. It's all it's great ideas. 
Yeah, and I've been thinking about this a little bit too. I think it would be great to have like a resources hub for these kinds of tips, these kinds of links, links to websites, apps, yeah. these safe searches. Um, like we can make a Google Doc for now. Yeah, we I mean, the, then yeah, yeah a Google Doc would be perfect as a start. And uh, the kind of I would say the goal of this podcast is to educate people, educate people, and help them. So yeah, and. Uh, I'm seeing in the chat that Canvas seems to be going for a good chunk too. And it's true. So I, we'll take in a little aside here, but Canvas young guns are actually much harder to pull out of packs. The odds are much worse. So it's a lot harder to get them, but they're less valued per card, I would say. But that kind of evens out. So you know, a young guns canvas and a young guns of a player might actually end up being fairly similar. And the difference between the two gets accentuated when you get to cards like McDavid, but it's not crazy. Right. Okay. And I guess at the end of the day, it's like, you can see what these cards are selling for before you buy it. So if you're just looking for getting a good deal, theoretically, I'm sure you could just, if you were really like just willing to spend a whole day only trying to get deals and you just like keep on browsing if it's a canvas or whatever it is, it could be a basketball card. You see a card up, you like look at what it's sold for and then you bid up to like a little bit less than what it's sold for. Then I don't know, including shipping, obviously. And then theoretically you go and turn around and try to sell it for more. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, and also of course it depends. It's what it's worth to you, right? Especially if it's a player that yeah. you think is going to go up in the future then, but yeah, it's useful to know that if, uh, the canvas can be sold for a decent amount. And if I think that Timo Meyer is going to be huge, maybe I should be investing in both canvas and regular young guns. If I see a good deal out there. Right. Right. I, I actually, uh, this is half tip and half story. I was kind of hearing rumors about Max Domi and how he might get traded or his rights might get traded. Cause he's RFA. Um, there was rumors of him going to the Oilers or I think the Canucks might've been the other one super rumory like none of this is like true but it got me thinking and his cards were actually really like quite cheap um and so i ended up getting both a canvas and regular young guns both psa 10 whoa and i think for it was much? 80 dollars total um for a guy that like you know he's pretty young he's got lots of upside if he goes to a new team could be like a whole new thing um but the tip in here is that if you're high on a player or you're high on even, you know, like a specific young guns, like if you just want young guns, not canvas, buying a few at a time of a specific player could be a good strategy because as you said earlier, you save on shipping and you'll often actually get a bit of a lower price. If you buy a lot of three, they're called lots. Um, then Cause you get lots, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cause you get lots. I don't know if that's really why, but I like... No, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those for sure. I was bidding on a Sebastian Ajo lot of two right. uh, young guns, and I was... Yeah, I got outbid, but it, it was looking like it was going to be a good deal. I was hoping I could get it for like $50, ended up going for like 60 which is then I... You could probably get... You could get a Ajo young guns for $30 on its own, so it turned out not to be a deal, but sometimes, like you're saying, it could be, because maybe not as many people are interested in buying two, because not everyone is doing it for investing, they just want to get the guy that they want, and so right away it's priced out just because they don't want to spend more. 
So you're definitely right. If you're doing an investment yeah. in a player, it won't work for our fantasy game because mm. we have a rule. You could buy it, but you could only input one into the spreadsheet, I guess, as like an official card that you own for the game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you want to make money, then definitely that makes sense to just buy as many as you can of the guy you want if you really think the player is going to go up. I'll take uh, any Fialas that come up for less <laughs> than six bucks. I wish I had one. I could just walk it over to you and make like 10 bucks. Yeah, I mean, well. Within reason. I mean, I'll, I'll negotiate. I okay. got to see how okay. I got to see how the card looks. Yeah. All right. So I feel like uh, we've had a pretty good chat. Any, uh, anything else about eBay here? Oh, I did actually see something I wanted to ask you about. When I do sort these cards by how much they've sold for, sometimes you have a buy it now, and yeah. I see a buy it now price uh, that it sold for something that's like I feel like it's did not sell for that price. It's so high. So uh, what's going on there? Why are there like generally what I do is when I'm sorting to look at like the recent uh, selling price for a card, I usually like filter and say only auctions just so I can be confident these are actually things people bid on because I don't know there's something going on with these buy it now prices. You know what's going on? Yeah. So maybe before I tell you the answer uh, to find the sold items on desktop, it's pretty easy. It's on the left. You scroll down, you check the thing that says sold and it'll show you all the things that have sold in the past three months. On mobile, you go to the filters and you actually have to hit like show more and then it's in there. Um, So that's how you get to go see all the sold items. And one key thing to remember when you do that is to then sort by ended recently so that you get the most recent prices first. Because if a a card has been changing over the last three months, you want to know what it's been selling for in the the last week versus three months ago. Uh, And sometimes it'll actually sort it by best match first. And that kind of doesn't give you a good idea of what the value is today. Um, So those are good tips just for making sure that you kind of get a better idea of the value. Um, But then to your point, you will see auction and buy it now in that list. And I keep them both there, but there will also be ones that have a price with a strike through, like through the number. So it'll look like it's crossed out. And what happened there is the seller accepted an offer. So the listing price of the buy it now was let's say $200, it's crossed out. So the buyer submitted an offer or the seller gave an offer and the card sold for less than what they listed it for. Now, for some reason, eBay doesn't tell us what that price was. They just tell us what it was listed for. So you could list uh, a Sebastian Ajo for $1,000, but then accept an offer of $40, it's still going to show as $1,000 when you, when you search for the sold items. So it doesn't yeah. actually help you. So I just skip those ones. The ones that are crossed out, I assume, are not there when yeah, I'm looking so that's what at I values. Was, that must be what I was seeing, and it's just kind of like, it seems like a bug that eBay should fix. I'm not sure. Uh, clearly, there's information I'm looking for, and yeah. they're throwing me this like noise that's useless. So, right, yeah. If, uh, it, if anyone from eBay is listening here, uh, let's just give me the price. I, either give me the actual price, or don't even show it because this right. is useless information to me. Yeah, there's actually an app that that shows you what it actually sold for. I think it might be called Card Snoop, but I'm just oh. completely throwing that out there. Uh, if you Google it, you'll find it. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that's kind of it on eBay. There's one thing that I really want to touch on before we kind of end this episode. I think we're, we'll be able to talk about eBay 
way more in depth. We'll have tons of tips and tricks. People can ask us questions when they see this and we'll have those questions to answer. But the last thing I wanted to end on is just being like really diligent about looking at posts for cards that you're buying. Um, And this is especially true again for those higher price items. Um, And you want to be looking at kind of all the information available. If it's an ungraded card, you want to be inspecting kind of everything you can about that card to make sure it looks like it's in good condition. Um, One interesting thing about that is people can upload blurry photos or they can upload photos you can't zoom in on. If that happens, just don't buy it. Like I just steer clear of anyone that has anything kind of suspicious if in the photo, in, in the posting, if anything's suspicious, just steer clear. It's not worth it. Um, people on eBay are trying to get away with little things to, to get you to buy things that aren't as they seem. So that's super important. Uh, on that note, you want to look at the seller ratings, make sure they have a good rating uh, and lots of things sold. Um, if they have negative reviews, read them, make sure that there's nothing fishy going on there always read the description of the cards because sometimes they'll hide stuff in there. That's like, I don't know. It could be like corners, like really badly dented. Uh, but they like maybe cut off the corner in the photo or something. Um, sneaky. Yeah. Like, so it's extremely important to be, uh, looking at everything in an eBay post. And to your point on sniping, if a card is in the last minute when you discover it or the last few minutes, I don't really consider it because you don't have time to do all this due diligence and you might end up buying something that was like a scam or like a fishy card and you don't end up what you, with what you wanted because you didn't have the time to go like look at all the details. Right. So you're saying don't rush, like yeah. make sure you do your due diligence and don't cut corners on your due diligence. Like maybe if you see right. a card and right away you see it's by a seller that you've bought from before or that has like whatever you could like maybe sure. take a quick glance and get the information you need. But like in general, yeah, don't cut corners because you don't want to yeah. get ripped off for sure. Yeah. And you also won't have the time to like make sure that the value that you want to buy this card at is right. Um, and the last thing I'll tell you is kind of more of a pro tip, but if you're buying graded cards, both PSA and BGS have, um, basically features where you can look up the serial number that's listed on the card. So make sure you look it up and make sure it's legit. They'll tell you what card it is. Uh, you can make sure that everything is good. Um, and that like, that's the card you're buying. Right, yeah. What's just there's nothing really stopping someone from taking the card out of the case and putting a different card. I don't even know. How does it what if I had a PSA ten Pedersen Young Guns and then I also had a Pedersen Young Guns that I think has a bit of a you know flaw to it? Couldn't I just f- swap them or is there some sort of protection against that? Um We'll get into that a little deeper, but basically it's extremely hard to get the cards out of the cases without like completely messing the case up. Like it'd right, be so obvious that you Okay, so they, they probably have yeah, so the good grading companies obviously have thought of that. Okay, yeah. So 
in that case, definitely you want to look it up and make sure that the case that is being displayed matches yeah. the card. And yeah, they have that feature not for you not to use it, right? Because you're probably spending right. big money on a graded card. Great tips, Ryan. This has been a blast. Maybe in the effort of not doing 90-minute shows, how about we uh, cut it out here? But like you said, there'll be more to talk. Like, we haven't even gotten into selling the other side of oh, using eBay. And, you know, I definitely have a lot of questions in terms of, like, what should I put for the, the minimum bid? Like, what should I should I use the what, the offers? Should I, you know, what should I put for shipping costs? Like, all these different things. So we'll definitely have to do another episode at some point. I don't think next week, because next week we're going to be able to talk about all the crazy UFA stuff. And we have a bunch of things on the list. But if you're listening and you have a topic you'd like us to get to, we want to hear from you. So please uh, get in touch. We're on Twitter, at Near Mint Hockey. Uh, we're on Instagram at Near Mint Hockey. You can email us nearmithockey at gmail.com. Uh, where where else are we? We're everywhere. Right? We're on YouTube, Near Mint Hockey. Yeah. Uh, then obviously if you've watched us on Ryan's Twitch potentially. So that's uh, Chell underscore Fi on Twitch. But we're linking to all this in the show notes. If you've watched this on Spotify or you know wherever you've listened to this podcast, like check the show notes and we'll link to all the ways that you can get in contact with us. And we'd love to hear from you. Also, we'd love for you to sign up. You're not like committing 100%, by the way. It's not as if we're going to like sue you now if you don't, but we want you to sign up for our game. So just go to there right now and lock yourself in and we'll get you in a group chat and we'll figure out the final rules. But go to nearminthockey.com slash play and get signed up for our fantasy game. And also that site has a link to our rules document if you want to get the quick gist of the rules for our investment game. But again, $100, I guess, budget that you don't even have to spend if you don't want. If you only want to spend $50, you can still play. You'll just have a harder chance of winning if you're only giving yourself $50 of uh, spending room. But who knows? Maybe you're that good. So uh, yeah, join us and we'll talk about that more next week. But I think that's it. Thanks for another great show. Ryan, you're awesome. Thanks to the listeners. I assume you're awesome. I'd love to hear more from you. Uh, But yeah, peace out. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.